Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. To learn more about the program and our church, when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download the Free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 30 called Rebellious Children. Isaiah 30, verse 1. Another woe. Woe to the rebellious children. If you have an NIV, it says, Obstinate children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine. Now, I would say whenever I've experienced an obstinate child, that's pretty much a good definition of what's going on. I have a plan as a parent. They are not on board. Therefore, they are obstinate, rebellious, fill in the blank. And God calls his own people in Isaiah 30, verse 1, rebellious or obstinate. And here's how he defines it. This is a declaration, verse 1, of the Lord. They, he's speaking of his people, execute a plan, but it is not mine. They have made their own plans. And you're going to see that this is the key to the chapter. They have plans, but the plans that they make are not the Lord's. And here's what they do. They make an alliance, but notice, not of my spirit. This is not a spirit-led alliance, not spirit-led plans. And here's the consequence in order to add sin to sin. They are stubborn children, says the ESV, They are those bent on making plans, but not from me. They are not God's plan. Any plan that is not God's plan is a godless plan. And when it's not God's plan, there's two options. It's either your plan, a plan of your flesh, or it's the enemy's plan. I can't think of a fourth one, can you? And so that's really what God is saying. He's saying you make plans, you make alliances, but those plans are not that you sought me, they're your own plans. And we've all been, I think, in our Christian walks guilty of living our lives with a godless plan. And let me just ask you up front, do you have a plan for living? I'm not talking about living like staying alive, like staying upright and vertical, I'm not talking about survival. I'm not talking about paying your bills. I'm talking about do you have a plan for your spiritual life? What is your plan? What is it made up of? What does it look like? And then ask yourself this question. Is it God's plan? Is it it the provision? Is it the means by which God says, if you do these things, you will grow. If you do these things, you will be protected. Is it God's plan? What is God's plan for victory? It's to put on the full armor of God. And right there, we'd all have to pause and say, am I doing that? You know, it's putting on that full armor that we might take our stand. It is uh, diving into the provisions of God. It is walking in the spirit of God. Whenever we've uh, experienced times when we have run into trouble, I think it's because we've ignored the plan of God. One writer says, in so much uh, of the Bible, God is patiently instructing us in another way to think and live. 
God is saying that the conventional wisdom of our culture, which, which magnifies human potential and human virtue and human smarts, is stupid. Because that's what we celebrate in the culture. But God's saying, I have a plan. Go to Proverbs. So you're going to go back, just pass up Ecclesiastes, and you're going to get to Proverbs. Go to chapter 16. So one definition of a stubborn child is one who won't follow the plan of the parent. And here's Proverbs 16, verse 1. The plans, 16.1, of the heart belong to man. Proverbs 16.1. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Proverbs 16.3. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will what? They will succeed or they will be established if you do what in verse 3? You must commit your works to the Lord and then your plans will be established. In other words, if your plan is his plan, it will happen. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose. Even, notice this, the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. By loving kindness is verse 6, and truth iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The sovereign God overrules the plans of men, and even when man makes his own plan, God just exploits that for his good purposes anyway. So the good news is that if we're walking with the Lord, and even if we see something that seems to be wrong, God says he's even going to exploit that plan to do something right. Here's an example. Take Joseph. Go back to Isaiah. His brothers are jealous of him. They sell him into slavery. But then God exploits that whole situation to save many people alive. And Joseph in Genesis 50 verse 20 says, What you intended for evil, God, what? Meant for good, to keep many people alive. And so this is the plan of God that we walk in wisdom, that we walk according to his spirit, that we don't make ungodly alliances. And here's the Isaiah 30, verse two. Here's the ungodly alliance with which Judah in the south made the mistake. Who proceed, this is those who add sin to sin and make their own alliances and plans. Isaiah 30, verse two. Who proceed or go down to Egypt without consulting me to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow or shade of Egypt. As we've studied the history of the book of Isaiah, we've noted that, historically speaking, when Assyria was threatening both Israel and Judah, and now the focus is on Judah to the south in the area of Jerusalem, the mistake that they made was they looked to Egypt for an alliance. Literally, it says, they looked to be in the shade, verse 2, of Egypt. The idea of shade and alliance has the idea of a blanket or a covering. In essence, rather than God becoming their protective covering, they look to Egypt, if you like analogies, to be their warm little blankie, Linus. Anybody grow up with a little blankie that was a security blankie? 
That's kind of what was going on. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anybody, but right? They said, ah, here's what we'll do. Assyria looks real threatening, and Pharaoh is saying that he can do some things for the smaller nations that are under the threat of the Assyrian king, and thus we'll look to the south. We'll look to Egypt. Get this. They will look to Pharaoh, a place from which God delivered them from slavery and death. We'll go, we'll go back there. Certainly good things are waiting for us in Egypt. Really? Wasn't it that God delivered you from that place, from the taskmasters, from slavery, and now you're going to go back there and you're going to make an alliance with them and they're going to be your covering? And the language here is of Psalm 91.1, which says, he who dwells in the shelter or shade of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, You are my refuge, my fortress, my God. Here's the key, whom I trust. That's Psalm 91, 1 and 2. Rather than God being their shade and shelter, they decided we'll hide in the shelter, the alliance of Egypt. And the irony is that Egypt was the place of death and they were looking for life in the place of death. And how many people and how many of us do that? We've been burned in Egypt, we know it. We know God has rescued us from that place, from Pharaoh. Egypt is a type of the world all over the Bible. A type is a picture of something else. But what we do is we say, I'm in trouble now, or something's going on, or there's a threat, or there's a problem, and we look to make an ungodly alliance and to hide in the shelter of Egypt where before all there was for us is death and slavery. That's the picture This is something that God says to us. When we study the Old Testament, there are lessons for us to learn as the people of God under the new covenant. And one lesson we must learn is that even us, like Israel, we have this tendency when we get uncomfortable, when we feel threatened, when we see something that looks overwhelming, we want to make an alliance back with the place of death. We, we somehow, the enemy gets us to forget the scars that were on our back and the mud dances we did back in that old life and he tries to get us to think of only the good times, whatever those were. All things that really he has replaced with things so much better in our lives. See, what they did is they acted without the spirit of God. They made a move without his spirit. It's kind of like, I wrote in my notes, uh, Egypt became their warm blankie, but it would prove insufficient, kind of like hiding under a blanket from a madman or a bomb. It's not going to work. So you can go back there because you think it looks good and it's going to provide some security for you, but in the end, it's nothing. And for all of us who have tried, and probably all of us can make our confessions about going back to Egypt, anybody ever try to catch the caravan back? Am I the only one? And so you go back there and you think, oh, certainly things have changed here in Egypt. I'm sure the Pharaoh's nicer and they don't want as many bricks and they won't have as many demands on me and there's probably more steakhouses with grilled onions. And No. It won't change because there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. And so, therefore, here's what the prophet says, the safety of Pharaoh... It will be your shame and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt will be your humiliation. There's holes in the blankie. 
and it's going to expose you. And all that you trusted and all that looks so good, I'm, I'm sure it'll be different this time in Egypt. I'm sure of it. I'm sure there'll be a different outcome. I'm sure I'll just stay a while and visit for a week or two, get a hotel room, and then I'll go back. No. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. You're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture. J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction. When I was on the road, to met a man he goes I'm his last friend who didn't bail on him I thought man what does it matter with us John and Claudia Kalmakoff if they don't have that foundation and they don't know about God's promises and what we know is true not by what we're feeling but by facts historical archaeological facts what we know to be true then their feelings take over Lenny Esposito who will deal with the power of the archaeological record you know you're doing a construction project Rome they were trying to build the subway and they had to keep stopping because they keep finding stuff hey if you're looking to get further equipped and we all should be this is the conference to go to dare to defend begins friday evening on march 25th at living truth christian fellowship in corona california get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us learn more about dare to defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com that's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH that's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And then I'll go back. No. See, there's always shame in the shelter of Egypt. And there's always safety in the shelter of God Where are you looking for your spiritual security? For so many of us, we look for it in all the wrong places. We we say, I'll feel secure in Christ if I'm doing this. And normally we attach our security and our spiritual walk to what we do. It's to our good works, it's to our performance, it's to our activities. But God says, no, your identity, your worth, your value, your security is in me. You start there then everything else flows from that. But we invert that a lot of times as people because we go through a lot of stuff as people. And we don't always understand the grandeur of God's love, that he's not attaching any strings. He does love you just as you are. Yes, he does want to use you, but you're not going to find safety in Pharaoh. You're going to find, sadly, just the opposite of it. And here's the irony. One Commentator says the Assyrians had already defeated the Egyptian army only a hundred miles from the Egyptian border, so that while Judah was contemplating the alliance, Egypt had already been defeated by the adversary. 
So you're going to make an alliance with someone making you promises and they have already lost. So what are you going to do? Just join the line of (laughs) the people being taken away captive? For their princes, look at verse 4, are at Zoan and their ambassadors arrive at Hanes. Uh, Their princes and their ambassadors could either speak of those of King Hezekiah or the ambassadors of Pharaoh. Zoan was in the northern delta and Hanes was below the apex of the delta about 50 miles south of Memphis. One writer says, Zoan, Zoan is ironically where the Israelites once served as slaves. And that's where the ambassadors were going to make their, to sign the contract, to make the alliance, the place where they had been slaves before. That's where they were making the new deal. That should be a sign to you. If you're making a new deal where you were once in slavery, Probably not a good idea. Look around a little bit and see where you are. Everyone will be ashamed, verse 5, because of a people who cannot profit them, who are not for help or profit, but for shame and also for reproach. Everyone who's connected with this alliance is going to find out that it is profitless. How many things, I wonder, in our lives have we ventured into only to find out that there's nothing there. It's been a profitless venture. And sometimes, frankly, there's been real losses there. And God's saying, I want you to, I want you to now look at life with a different value system. I want you to measure with a different ruler now. But you've got to start with making your plans in me. You've got to start with me being the, the measuring rod. Uh, I'm the one by which you must uh, measure that which is profitable. So the oracle concerning the beast of the Negev. Do you guys remember, those of you who have been with us, that in chapters 13 to, through 23 of Isaiah, it always started out with an oracle against, remember? And then it would say this nation and that nation. It would be an oracle against Babylon, an oracle against, and it even went to the people of Israel. An oracle always meant what? a weighty message usually filled with judgment. And now, in what we can only conclude is some humor on the part of uh, Isaiah and biting irony, he says, I'm going to make an oracle concerning the beast of the Negev. The Negev is that strip of uh, desert land, nothing really there, kind of on the way, if you will, to Egypt. The, the Judean wilderness, that's what we're talking about, desert land, okay? And so here's what he says. Isaiah pictures a rich caravan trudging slowly through the Negev to Egypt through rugged territory fraught with dangers on its way to Egypt to purchase assistance. Look at it. They're going to go through a land, middle of six, of distress and anguish, so it's going to cost them. It's, it's risky to go there from where come lioness and lions, so there's all kinds of problems, viper and flying serpent. They carry their riches on the backs of young donkeys and their treasure on camel's humps to a people who cannot profit them. Here's the picture. So we're going to make this alliance with Egypt, okay? This is the answer, all right? Load up the donkeys. Load up the camels. Load up the stuff. Put, us, put the treasure on there because this is how we're going to buy the shelter of Pharaoh. This is how, how we're going to buy his protection. We'll pay him off. Load down the car. Ever been there before? We're going on vacation, it's going to be great. And then you get there. 
And someone mentioned earlier, then you need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> right? And so Isaiah pictures the meetings and all this. Okay, here's what we'll offer to them and then we'll get their protection. And the caravan's going and this is a slow moving caravan. And it's kind of like you get a scene, you're a fly on the wall and you're, and the ambassadors of Israel are talking. I wonder how the caravan's doing. I wonder how, the, how they're making out. I wonder how many times they had to stop for gas. I wonder, you know, that kind of thing. And I wonder how it went. And I wonder if the alliance is made. Remember, there's not a whole lot of high-tech uh, communication devices here. So they're waiting. And they've put all this stuff. And this is an oracle concerning the beasts of the Negev. It's kind of like, in a biting way, Isaiah says, I wonder how the camels and donkeys are doing. Weighted down with all that profitless stuff. Because it doesn't matter what you offer Egypt. They can't deliver. They just lost the and you were slaves there before anyway what have you ever been here what what am i doing got the car all packed up right going to make your alliance and then you say haven't i been here before haven't i gone down this road before haven't i tried to go back to egypt before and now i got all my money in my pockets and what am I going to get? And God says, uh, you're going to get, end of verse 6, of people who cannot profit you anything. There's no profit. So stop trying to go back. You've been listening to Rebellious Children, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 30. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also be able to listen to Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation, Job, and many more. Again, search for and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Woe to the rebellious children, and all the parents said, Amen, (laughs) declares the Lord. Listen to this. Who execute a plan but not mine, who make an alliance but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, Isaiah 30, verse 1. Well, that, that's a heartful right there, is it not? And it really makes you think it's possible for God's people to live like practical atheists who make a plan, but it's not God's plan, who make alliances, but not with God, what God says to be yoked to or allied to, if you know what I'm saying. See, this was the problem with the people of God. They often turned away. They were like sheep who would turn away from the shepherd, prone to wander. God, I feel it. And, you know, that's not far from the reality of a modern believer. We know how easily we can go astray, stumble, fall into sin, walk in the flesh. We all know the descriptions, and it's all too easy to go there. And the reason we get into the Word of God is to get the Word of God into us so that we can walk out by the power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, the way that He'd have us to walk. In fact, our, our whole Christian life is described as a walk. And the more we are empowered with the Word of God, prayer, worship, fellowship, um, keeping our eyes above, man, it, it makes all the difference. And then we walk as children of light, rather than rebellious children. 
Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and we would love to hear from you, our listener, our partner, our family. Indeed, we consider you our radio family. And we're so grateful for hundreds and thousands of you who listen week in and week out. It's a great privilege to teach the Word of God uh, on this kind of platform. So please continue to pray for us. And we'd like to hear from you. Mike Massaro often tells you how to reach out to us. Here's what you can do. You can use an email address, and it is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Now, not long ago, I shared a letter from a listener, and uh, we do read everything that we get, and we love, of course, to hear how the program is blessing you, how we can pray for you, etc., contact at walkintruth.com. Would you write an email today? You know, if you don't do it soon, you don't do it while you're thinking about it, you probably won't get to it. So contact at walkintruth.com. Send us a note. Hey, how about a shout out? I listen in this city. I've been listening for this long. Uh, This is where I go to church. Maybe something like that. That would be awesome. We'd love to hear from you if you're in San Francisco or Utah. Southern California, Arizona, any of the places where we broadcast. We'd love to hear from you. In fact, if you're a podcast listener, you live in another country, or maybe you're on the East Coast, we'd love to hear from you as well. Contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, reach out to us today. Remember, you can always call the number as well, 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael Lance. And Lord willing, we will see you right here tomorrow for part two in Isaiah 30. God bless you. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 30 called Rebellious Children. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.